Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host and creator of this show. But this show needs more than a host in order for it to grow and to thrive. It needs financial support from listeners like yourself. And for that reason, I have a couple of thank yous to give out today. So a big thank you goes out to Vincent, to Erica, to Cindy, and to Evangeline. These are the most recent donors to Clumsy Theosis. Donors keep this ministry going. If you have ever felt that Clumsy Theosis has been of value to you, I'd like to invite you to consider becoming a donor yourself. If you feel so inclined to make a donation, visit clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the top menu. Now today's topic was decided by your fellow listeners who are on the Clumsy Theosis weekly email list. So last week I sent out an email, like I do every week, and I asked them to vote on the series that they prefer this Lent, and the votes were unanimous. So today we're talking about, drumroll please, We're talking about the Beatitudes. In fact, all of Lent, we're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. So I hope that this topic will invigorate your Lent and that so far you guys are feeling pretty awesome about what you've decided to do for your prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and you're ready to take on this season by the horns and really join the Lord in a season of intimacy. All right. Before I get into the topic, um, I want to say that I'm speaking at a one-day women's retreat here in San Diego on March 7th. All women are welcome. It's being held at a Byzantine parish, but you do not have to be a Byzantine Catholic to attend. In fact, we are expecting a number of Roman Catholics to attend. So I'll be giving two talks throughout the course of the day. If you want more information um, and to register, please visit holyangelssandiego.com. And you don't even need to be from San Diego. Just putting it out there. And I'm also going to leave a link down in the show notes for you to click on for your ease and all that. All right, on with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are Jesus's teaching on first, the meaning of true happiness, and second, the way to attain true happiness. A very important topic, if you ask me, right? Because we're, we want eternal happiness and we want to know how to attain that. But the crazy thing is that most people do not understand the Beatitudes. Heck, I didn't really even understand them until I was partway through grad school. And to this day, I don't even have them memorized. I don't know what they are. But watch me. By the end of this Lent, I will know them by heart. And that's kind of like one of my Lenten practices, I guess, to memorize what the Beatitudes are. So there are eight Beatitudes, and they are delivered during the Sermon on the Mount, and this can be found in chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel. There are also a list of blessings and curses that are found in Luke chapter 6, but these are delivered at the Sermon on the Plain, not the Sermon on the Mount. And they're not called the Beatitudes, but more or less they are the Beatitudes, and we'll cover that as we go along. It's also in Luke's rendition of the Beatitudes that we hear the woe sayings, right? We hear like, woe to you who are rich, woe to you that laugh, things like that. So there are a couple of confusing things going on when we look at the Beatitudes and what they are. So these are the things, I'm gonna tell you the things that I have been confused about over the years about the Beatitudes. First, I was always confused like why they were recorded in scripture as being delivered in different places, right? The Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. And then second, 
I was curious as to why they were different, right? If these are the key to understanding the meaning of happiness and how to attain that happiness, I want to be sure that I'm getting it right. And having it written in two places that are slightly different, I want to make sure I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And the last thing that used to confuse me was those woe sayings, right? All of those woes. These are really, yeah, these really used to probably confuse me the most. And I mean, why would Jesus pronounce curses to anyone who laughed or someone who was rich or someone who was not hungry, right? It just seems odd that the Lord is cursing people for these things that do not seem to be sinful in themselves. But before we jump into each of the Beatitudes and what they mean, and why they matter, and how we're supposed to live them, and have true happiness because we're living them out. Before that, I think we need to have some context. We need to get the bigger picture. And by doing that, I'm going to kind of answer these questions that I used to always have about the Beatitudes. Because if we don't have the big picture, it can kind of seem a little random, and you're not going to have all of the, the robust understanding that you could have. So let's start with those woes, those curses. In Luke's Sermon on the Plain, Jesus gives a list of four blessings and four woes, which are actually four curses. To the Jewish audience, this is not an odd thing to do because Moses also gave a list of blessings and a list of curses or a list of woes in the Old Testament. And you'll read this in Deuteronomy chapter 28 because Moses explains that if you obey the Lord in all of these certain ways, if you're upright, you will receive certain blessings. But then he goes on to explain that if you don't, if you don't obey God, if you turn your back on God, you will bring about certain curses on you, depending on the way in which you disobey and turn your back on the Lord. And really quickly, I want to interject before you think that the God of the Old Testament is mean and just wants to be obeyed and he's a tyrant and all of this is just for his kind of like twisted pleasure. Let me remind you that the Jewish people agreed to enter into a covenant relationship with God. And in that relationship, both sides, right, the Jews and God, they agreed if their side of the agreement of the covenant, if their side broke that covenant, then they were agreeing to have certain curses befall them. And this is true of all the covenants that have been made since the beginning of salvation history. So that's why when you read in the Old Testament, you see these things in which it may look that God is mean and he's like, he has no mercy, he has no forgiveness. That's not it at all because both sides of every covenant, they agreed to certain terms, you could say. And if their side broke the agreement, if they broke that covenant, then they were to have these certain curses fall upon them. So they knew what they were getting into. But let's get back on topic. The people hearing Jesus speak in this way when he was delivering the Beatitudes or when he was delivering the blessings and curses in Luke's gospel, the people hearing him talk, they would have been very familiar with the Mosaic Law. And that's what we're reading in Deuteronomy. We're reading the Mosaic Law. And those people would have been able to see the similarities between what Jesus was saying and what Moses taught. But what's more important is not the similarities, but the differences. There are differences between what Moses was saying and what Jesus was saying. And that's what's important here. Because if you read in Deuteronomy 28, the blessings are things like children and food and peace, right? These are great things to be blessed with. And these are common themes that we see in the Old Testament, things that are blessings. But if someone was cursed, they were cursed with things like poverty, um, famine, hunger, war, uh, barrenness, persecution. And these, again, are common themes that we see in the Old Testament. But Jesus comes on the scene and he says, no, blessed are those people 
who are poor, who are hungry, who are persecuted, and woe to those who are rich, those who have eaten their fill, um, those who have laughter, and those who have joy. See, these are exact opposites, and this is the bit that matters the most to us, so pay attention. The things that were considered to be blessings in the old covenant that God made with Moses, those are now considered to be curses in the new covenant made with Jesus. And that's because the blessings in the Mosaic Covenant, those are earthly blessing. But the new covenant that Jesus ushers in, that's not an earthly covenant, right? Therefore, all of those earthly blessings, those things are seen as potentially dangerous to us if we're going to live in the new covenant. And why is that? Why are these things that are, these things are good, right? That the Lord is saying are actually curses. These are goods, but why do then they become potentially dangerous to us? The reason is that the things in this world can distract us and make us feel self-reliant to where we forget about our dependency on God. But also, and this is a key point to remember, our whole faith is about following Christ. We are called Christians because we model our lives after Christ. And on a deeper spiritual level, we are supposed to be undergoing that transformative lifelong process of theosis in which we are becoming more Christ-like. And we forget this. We forget this all the time. Jesus explicitly told us, if you want to be like me, if you want to be Christ-like, you have to pick up your cross and you have to follow me. And what do we know about the cross? From the perspective of the Jews of that, de- of that time, and even now, the cross is seen as the ultimate curse. But Christ took that cross and he flipped it on its head, right? So he did a total 180 with the way that we are supposed to see things because his, his kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. His kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. And so that means that if we're going to be like him, we're going to pick up our cross. And that means we're going to suffer, right? That implies suffering. And all of those curses in the Old Testament, things like poverty and hunger, war, persecution, especially persecution, those are going to be ways in which we suffer because we're suffering for the kingdom of heaven. We're not suffering for the sake of suffering. And in doing that, when we're suffering for the kingdom of heaven, we are building up our blessings, right? The blessings that you receive in the new covenant, blessings in heaven in our eternity. So what we've done already is look at the curses and the blessings. And so we can get a larger panoramic view, bird's eye view, whichever sounds better, um, of the Beatitudes and what their purpose is and how we're supposed to reference them and why they seem so jarring sometimes, right? They seem so different from what we, what we're comfortable with, I guess is probably the best way to say it. But this is the way of the cross. This is the way of the Christian. Two other things that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode were why, why they seem different, why the, um, the Beatitudes seem different in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel. Well, first of all, they were delivered at different places because if this is the key to happiness, like the Lord is explaining what happiness is and how to attain happiness, he's not just going to tell one group of people at one time. This is going to be um, essential to his ministry, to the good news that he preaches when he preaches about the kingdom. Yeah, so he gave this preaching at different times in different places, but the idea 
is always the same, which is basically what we've covered today, that what you were used to was something that was earthly. You were looking for earthly satisfaction and happiness, but I come to bring you something new something that is actually life-giving, that is the kingdom of eternal life. So that's why they're different and that's why they're recorded as being um, given at different places because they were, and I'm sure those were not the only places that the Lord spoke about the Beatitudes. Okay, so throughout this Lent, we're going to dive into the Beatitudes and try to understand what they mean to us and how to live them out because in a way, I still think they can sound like riddles. If you have not studied them, they kind of sound like riddles to me. But since I have studied them, I now know what I need to know and I wanna pass that on to you guys. So really quickly, if you want to be part of like my inner circle, right? If you want to have a voice in the decisions that are made here at Clumsy Theosis, sign up to receive my weekly emails and you can vote in any of um, surveys or questions that I put out there for you guys to have a say in, right? So if you're part of the email list, you can have a say when in these votes because that's where I'm putting them. All right, and there are also a number of ways for you to get involved in Clumsy Theosis. Obviously the email, right? Um, but if you are a fan of social media, guess what? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. From there, you can contact me. I love to hear from you where you're at in your spiritual life and what you're looking for to grow. I love that. Give me ideas all day long, please. Um, you can also engage with me and with other people in the comments of the posts that I put up, or you can share episodes. You can share them from there. You can also share the episodes by forwarding the weekly Clumsy Theosis email to your friends and to your families. And I've put a link down in the show notes for you to click on if you want to sign up for the email list, click on that link um, and sign up. There's also links down there for all of my social platforms and a link down there for the retreat that I'm giving, or I'm not giving, I'm speaking at it. It's being hosted by the parish that I'm speaking at. Yeah, or you can always make a donation, right? Become a donor and help the work that I'm doing here at Clumsy Theosis to continue to grow and continue to help people across the globe, right? Because Clumsy Theosis is a global podcast, which I am so humbled by all the time whenever I see those stats, that the Lord is moving and working in people's lives through what we put out here at Clumsy Theosis. Um, and you guys are helping me do that. So thank you so much. Uh, consider becoming a donor yourself. And until next week, everybody, peace out and have a blessed first week of Lent. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.